There is power in the name of Jesus. There's power when we live in that name. And the beauty of following Christ is you don't have to provide the power. You can discard the self-help section of the bookstore in the library. It's worthless, by the way, because if we could help ourselves, we would have already done it. We can't. We need the help from Christ section to get a lot bigger. And the best book that people can read about Jesus is you and me. So we just need to keep speaking Jesus. We need to keep depending on him and relying on him and trusting in him. I feel the need this morning to give you a little glossary before we even look at the scripture and begin to unpack this this morning. The scripture we're going to be looking at is in the Old Testament in the book of Proverbs. It's right after the book of Psalms. Proverbs chapter 3. But I want to give you a little glossary to understand it before we even read the scripture and begin to seek how this applies to our lives. The first word that I need you to make sure you fully understand is the word trust. And that's what this message is dealing with, that it's time to trust God with your life. A few weeks ago, we looked at trusting God with the call on our life. This is just to trust God with your life. That means your whole life. And just so you get the full picture, by trust, here's what I mean and what I understand this passage to mean. To trust is to give yourself completely, underline completely, over to someone or something. To trust, to give yourself, your life, everything you have, completely over to someone or something. The truth is you're trusting someone and something already. The big question is who are you trusting? It might be yourself. If it hasn't already happened, let me tell you, that one's going to fail at some point. Multiple times. If it's someone else, no matter how nice they are, they're going to fail you. The trust that we're speaking of is the trust in Christ. The second word I need you to understand is the word heart because it gets used in this passage. And what is understood by that word we translate heart in the Old Testament from the Hebrew is it means the center of life. It is your soul, in other words. And it's an appropriate word to use for that because physically, if your heart doesn't function, neither do you. If it's not functioning well, neither are you. If it ceases to function, so do you. It's interesting that in for coroners or doctors who sign death certificates and they are required to put on there a cause of death, the majority of them will say that in whatever the medical term is, the heart stopped working. 
Because no matter what disease they might have, no matter what injury they might have sustained, when life ends, it's when that heart stops working. The same is true spiritually. The heart being the center of who we are. That we need to trust him with our heart. The center of who we are. To the core of our being. The third word I want to make sure you understand is the word lean. Because I'm not talking about health as in being lean and thin. I'm talking about lean is what this passage is speaking of. To lean is to put your weight, your whole weight on something or someone. And I emphasize putting your whole weight because it's possible to lean a little bit. It's when you just need to be steadied and you kind of put the hand out just in case. What's being described in this passage of scripture is not just a, a little lean. It is to put your whole weight on it. And then the last word that I want to make sure you understand, ironically, is the word understanding. I want you to understand understanding. If that's not ironic to you, it is to me. Because by understanding, what I mean is wisdom and knowledge. Not just knowing facts, but living what we understand. Because if you aren't living it, you don't understand it, nor believe it. Because the evidence of believing is living it. And I'm not going to understand it until I begin to live it. When Jody and I found out the first child was coming, we did some research and read some books and talked to some people. And we thought we had learned a lot. Then he was born and we took him home and we found out we didn't know squat. Because until you're living it, there's really no understanding. Right? That's why I don't think I've ever looked at the certificate for a mechanic who was going to work on my car. I don't think I've ever searched for a mechanic saying, where did they go to school? What I did is talk to people who had had that mechanic work on their car and said, does your car work now? If the answer was yes, I'll go to that mechanic. If the answer was no, no thank you. I know doctors like to display the diplomas and certificates up there, but frankly, I don't pay much attention to that. But I ask people who've gone to that doctor, are you still breathing? <laughs> I mean, how are you doing? Because that's the real test. That's the real evidence. So to trust God. And this passage that we're about to read in Proverbs chapter 3, verses 5 through 10, verse 6 itself, an ancient rabbi, Jewish rabbi, said that verse 6 contains all the essence of the Jewish law. In other words, if you get this verse to be true in your life, everything else will fall into place. 
That's a pretty important verse. So let's look at these verses. Proverbs chapter 3, beginning of verse 5. I'm reading from the English Standard Version. It says, trust in the Lord with all your heart and do not lean on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him and he will make straight your paths. Be not wise in your own eyes. Fear the Lord and turn away from evil. It will be healing to your flesh and refreshment to your bones. Honor the Lord with your wealth, with the first fruits of all you produce. Then your barns will be filled with plenty and your vats will be bursting with wine. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. What we're looking at this morning is that it's time to trust God with your life. All of it. Trusting. To give yourself over completely to something or someone, as I already said. It means to trust God saying yes and giving him control of your life. All of your life. Not just the parts that you don't want to control. Trusting is not a nod. It's not just singing a song. It's not just a good feeling from worship. Trust is evidenced by your actions. In this case, it is the act of daily having God in control and following him in all things. Daily. Not just on Sundays. Not just at special services. Not just when it's a good day, but every day, following him, leaning on him, depending on him, trusting him with your life. So here's what it looks like according to this scripture. Trusting God with your whole life means first leaning your whole weight on him. Everything, all the parts of you, not just personally, but even those you're connected to, even your relationships, to lean everything on him. Verse 5, trust in the Lord with all your heart, the center of your being, and do not lean on your own understanding. Don't put all your weight just on what you know. It won't hold up, no matter what. So we need to lean on him. I just got hung up in my study right there this week. Oh, don't worry, there's a little more. But this is where I got hung up, right here. It's to lean my whole weight on him. Because that means total dependence on God. That Every day, in every way, I'm saying, Lord, this is yours. Show me what to do. Now, don't, some of you might take that to an extreme and go, I'm going to sit still until God speaks to me about whether to move my right foot or my left foot. Well, he's already given you a lot of that stuff. And he's given you a brain to use with it. And once I've figured out who he is, or 
working to figure out who he is and that I've given myself to him, then I do what he's already shown me until he shows me something else to do. Depending on him, my whole weight leaning upon him, total dependence. It means following God's understanding, not mine. I challenge you often, and I'll do it again this morning. Be in the Word. Depend on it, not what I say. Make sure that what I say matches what the Word says. Otherwise, depend on that Word, not mine. Because it's the truth. It's the essence of life. And we need to depend on the understanding of Scripture. We need to depend on what God has already provided for us, not just our own understanding. It's one thing when somebody says, well, I think it means this. Well, that's good, but what does it really mean? Not just what you think it means. What does it say? Well, I don't think it means that. Yeah, but that's what it says, and I think I'll go with this, not what you think. To trust God with your whole life, leaning your whole weight, everything, that includes your fears as well as your dreams. That includes those things that are going lousy as well as those things that are going well. To be honest, I'm not sure which is harder, to depend on him when everything stinks or to depend on him when everything's going well. They're both difficult. See, when it's going well, we have a tendency to think, look what I did. When everything's going poorly, we have a tendency to go, look what you did. <laughs> We're to depend on him in all things. It means not only leaning your whole weight on him, it means knowing God's will. You look at verse 6. In all your ways, acknowledge him. Know who he is, acknowledge, recognize him, and he will make straight your paths. Knowing God's will, to know God's will is to follow it. Woe to you if you know it and don't follow it. It's one thing if you haven't figured it out and you are going the wrong direction because you haven't figured out his will most miserable people I've ever dealt with are those who know God's will and have gone the other way. I've never seen more miserable people. Know his will. Depending on him, on his word and his way. Knowing it means to follow it. How arrogant if I say I know it and do my own thing. Because I've then put myself above God. Oh, no, that's not what I mean. Oh, yes, it is. To know God's will also means, this will be hard for some of you, it means to testify about it. It means to show and share it with others. It's not always with words. Sometimes it's just with how you live. But be careful how often you go, well, I'm showing it to them. I'm not saying it. Because somebody wants to know what you're showing. They want to know why you're living that way. 
So be prepared. As Peter wrote in 1 Peter, be, always be prepared to give a reason for the hope you have, for the reason you live this way, for the reason you're depending on him, following him, to be able to tell others about it. Also, to trust him with all our heart is to honor God even with our resources. Verses 9 and 10. It says, honor the Lord with your wealth. It means with what you have. And with the first fruits of all your produce, not just what's left over. Then your barns will be filled with plenty and your vats bursting with wine. We're to honor God with our resources, our time, our talents, our, our stuff, our money, our things. But understand this. This means and it is all about equal sacrifice, not equal resources, because we don't all have the same of anything. And how many of us have caught ourselves saying, well, if I had what they had, I'd, I'd do more. Well, if I had what they have, I'd give more. Well, yeah, if somebody gave me a million bucks, I'd give a lot. If you're not given anything of the 10 you have, you're not going to do it when you get a million either. Jesus talked about the widow one time. They were watching everybody come into worship and give, and a widow came in and gave two, I can't remember the name of them, but there were the two smallest coins in circulation at that time. They were worth less than a penny is. She gave two of those, and two of them didn't add up to a penny. And Jesus said, she gave the largest offering today. Because he said, the others gave out of their abundance what was left over. She gave out of her need. He didn't say she was being unwise and not taking care of things she needed to take care of. He was saying she sacrificed and that's what we're called to as an equal sacrifice of time, of treasure, of resources, of our abilities, but not equal gifts. But we honor God when we honor him with what he's provided for us. And then he said in verse 7, be not wise in your own eyes. Fear the Lord and turn away from evil. Because if we're going to really trust him, it means turning from evil. Now, if you turn from something, that means you are turning towards something else. Follow that? If I turn away from you, I'm turning toward something else. If you turn from the east, you're now turning to one of the other directions. So if you turn from evil, what are you turning toward? And it says, turn toward God. See, I'm turning from evil and then turning toward him and what he desires, not my own wishes, not my own desires. And it also means the word that is used there, be not wise in your own eyes, fear the Lord, turn away from evil means to turn entirely. All of you turn. Just like when it says trust in the Lord with all your heart, it means every part of it, all of you, your essence, 
not just partial trust. This doesn't mean that we turn away from evil, certain evils, the, one that, the ones that don't interest me anyway. We have, a, we have a tendency to be critical of other people who struggle with sin when it's a sin we don't struggle with. I can't believe they have problems with that. Not mentioning the parts we have trouble with. To turn away from evil is to turn entirely toward him. I've noticed we keep trying to do this thing that isn't even logical called partial surrender. I'm not, just think through that. You don't have to know anything about the Bible to understand that doesn't make sense. Surrender partially. The word surrender means giving up. To give over. So if I'm doing it partially, I'm making a contribution. I'm not surrendering. I'm negotiating. I'm not surrendering. And what's being described here is to turn from evil. Not partially, not I'll give up those things because I can handle that, but I can't handle giving up this. And then look at the promises it gives in this passage. It says, if you do these things, you will see him make straight paths. Now, I think we misunderstand that because it's not saying that things will be easy. In fact, it's not even saying things will be geographically straight. It means that he will make straight your paths to him. He will make straight your paths toward his will. So if I am following his will, it sometimes humanly looks like it zigzags. At least it sure has for me. But when I realized it was a path right to him, those turns were his turns, not mine. The benefits of trusting completely on God, he'll make straight paths for you to Christ and his will. You will also experience healing, and this one can be misunderstood and misrepresented very easily. Verse 8, it will be healing to your flesh and refreshment to your bones. The interesting thing, um, when it says healing to your flesh, the literal word is navel. Healing to your navel. I don't think it's speaking of an innie or an outie, but it, it means the core of your being. My wife is embarrassed now. But I'm, that, that's scripture. You will experience healing. Healing to do God's will. Maybe not healing from all the pain I'm suffering. Healing to eventually have perfect health for eternity in heaven. Maybe not perfect while I'm here. But God can perfectly use it to witness to others of what it's like to live for him even in difficulty. To bring healing of mind, of heart. That's part of this reward of trusting completely in him. Then he says, you will experience blessings. Verse 10 tells us that. Now, we think of blessings as abundance. That's not always 
a blessing. In fact, sometimes getting an abundance is a curse. But you will receive blessings according to God's will and his way for you. It is a matter of following his will. There's an old classic Christmas movie called It's a Wonderful Life. The black and white version is much better. Jimmy Stewart. George Bailey. Not doing well financially. And a run on the, the banks and everything. And a poor choice by his uncle and on and on. And suddenly he thought his life wasn't worth anything. He'd have been better if he hadn't lived. And through a whole variety of things that happened, he ends up being called the richest man in town. Not because of his bank account, but because of his relationships. The only thing missing in that movie is the relationship with Christ. For you see, the riches and the blessing we have is in our relationship with him. Sometimes he blesses us with resources while we're here, but always he blesses us in our relationship with him. And when I get that one right, the others get better, even if not perfect. Because I have the strength to endure whatever I may be facing. The question this morning is, where is your trust? What or who are you leaning on? Because you're leaning on somebody, it might just be yourself. It might be your job. It might be your health. It might be your spouse or your grandparents' faith. It could be all kinds of things. But the only trustworthy thing to completely trust and lean on is God himself. Trust him with your whole heart, the center of your being and who you are. And as that ancient rabbi said, if you follow this, the other things begin to fall into place. Where is your trust? Who or what are you leaning on? And last question, what needs to change in your actions or decisions so that you're leaning completely on God who created you? In his son, Jesus Christ. What needs to change so that instead of the other things you might be leaning on, you can lean completely on him. Jesus, thank you for being trustworthy so that we can lean on you. Lord, we lean on all kinds of things that really aren't trustworthy. We lean on all kinds of things that haven't held up, and yet we keep leaning on them. Lord, help us to see, show us, each one of us, what needs to change so that we depend on you for everything. That we give our whole weight, our whole being, our whole life, on you. Lord, may we become a trusting people, 
not naively toward the world, but trusting with knowledge on you. Lord, I pray that we would trust you with our whole life. That instead of our own understanding, we lean on you. And just as we sang about a little while ago, help us, Father. When in doubt, speak your name. And lean on you and your understanding. Then give us the courage to follow what you show us. Lord, I thank you for being here. I thank you for speaking to each heart this morning. I thank you for the truth and power of your word. And I now thank you as you guide us as we go. In Jesus' name, amen.